Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good. From scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format. If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So, hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here with this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored and our last show for just a minute or two while I take a much needed hiatus from one of my two podcasts, but may I just say that this is going out with a bang because Erica Wiggenhorn on the topic of imposter syndrome, oh my, this is going to speak to you, let me just say, right now. So get ready. Erica Wiggenhorn is an award-winning author and the founder of Every Life Ministries bringing you the truths of scripture to transform your life by digging deeply into God's word. Every Life Ministries encourages you to discover your unique purpose, accept God's promises, and live by his power. After writing a Bible study series, Erica's first trade book through Moody Publishers recently came out, Letting God Be Enough why striving keeps you stuck, and how surrender sets you free. Oh my gosh, it examines Moses' fear of inadequacy and how God invites Moses to rest in his identity and God's sufficiency. Powerful. Erica serves on the women's ministry leadership team for her church and regularly teaches in various venues. She is a monthly contributor to crosswalk.com, She's also taught women in the Arizona State prison system and overseas. She loves to bring God's word to anyone who will listen, whether it's a large women's conference, a church women's retreat, or her own kitchen table. Erica is married to her best friend, Jonathan, and they have four children, only two of which are human and the others furry and adorable. Erica is looking forward to connecting with you all, not only through this interview, but on her website. So 
You can also find her online at ericawiggenhorn.com. Get ready. Buckle up. Well, Erica, it is always a delight to chat with you and just allow our listeners here at Redeemed and Restored to get to know you a little bit better. So welcome to the broadcast podcast. Thank you, Athena. It is always, always a joy to be with you. So I was so excited about this today. Yeah, well, it's just been so fun being at different conferences together and hearing your story and different bits and pieces as you've shared with conferees and training them and giving them, you know, kind of like this is what my journey looked like and yours might look this way and it might not. But it's always just been so fun to hear, you know, kind of the backstory to everything that I've just kind of seen on the surface, um, you know, watching from the audience. So Erica, why don't you, um, I'm just going to kind of give you the digital stage and why don't you share with us uh, your favorite story? I mean, we've all got lots of them, but your favorite story of how God has redeemed and restored you. Mm. Oh, to choose. Oh, to choose. Uh, You know, I want to share with you today, and you know some of this story already, but really the story of how God redeemed and restored me from uh, something that I didn't even know that I was bound by. Um, Because I think so many of us, we have these things in our lives, Athena, where um, because of things that have happened to us in our past, lies that we've picked up along the way, the enemy has been able to bind us in a way that we don't even realize he's doing it. Um, It has just become so familiar to us. And it can be things like, you know, why do I you know, why do I have such a problem with anger? Why do I struggle so much with people pleasing and get so anxious about disappointing someone? Um, You know, why do I always battle this perfectionism, right? Like we've got these things and we, we know that we have them, but we don't really know why maybe or what to do about them. And For me, one of those things in my life that I had was imposter syndrome. And I I knew I had something, but I didn't have a label for it. Um, But it looked a lot like um, people pleasing, uh, perfectionism, uh, just always worried I was going to fail or not do something right, Uh, a lot of self-doubt. Uh, struggled to receive compliments. I didn't like people publicly praising me. It made me really uncomfortable, even though I like to be affirmed inside. I just felt so yucky when it was happening. Um, And I didn't know why I felt that way. And I didn't know where it came from exactly, but it really came to a head in my life. Um, when I first started working and I can remember being, I was 17 years old. I was working at a mall in a clothing store and I absolutely loved my job. I love 
earrings. I love bright colored shoes. I love patterns, color. I love all of those things. And so I got to work at a store that I like to shop at as a teenage girl and get discounts. Hello, dream job, right? And I started that job. And about three months in, my manager allowed me to start being the person that would design all of the mannequins in the windows. And so every time we got a new shipment in, I was just giddy with excitement that I was getting to create these displays in the windows. And one day she said to me, um, you've been here a little over three months now, so I need to do a review. And I was like, okay. Uh, and the whole rest of that day that I was at work, my stomach was just in knots. I did not want to do this review. And it was so silly because every single day that I came into work, my boss would compliment me. And yet I was so nervous to, to go on this review. And the day came and um, we walked down to Chick-fil-A and we slide into, you know, the red booth and she's sitting across from me and I can feel my stomach is in knots. I feel like I have a brick in my chest, but I'm trying to be, you know, upbeat and peppy and feign all this confidence. And, um, and she says, you know, you're such a hard worker and you have such a great attitude and you're just willing to do, you know, whatever we need you to do. And I just appreciate that so much. And um, I'm actually going to promote you to assistant manager. And I was like, wow, right? Like I barely worked there and I was getting this great promotion. And then she said, now a part of a, a part of your review has to be something to work on. So I'm going to give you a goal. And I was like, well, here it goes, right? Like every good thing is now just going to be drowned out by this one thing. And she said, um, you talk too much. You talk too much at work and you need to sometimes just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and that was exactly how it was. Every good thing that she said just was gone. And all I could focus on was that one negative thing. And it just nagged at me and nagged at me. But I still didn't, you know, I was 17 years old. I didn't know what this was that I was struggling with. I just knew that it was very real. It controlled my emotions very dramatically. And I didn't know what to do with those emotions. And I think as women, uh, we can face a lot of things in lives where in our lives where we emotions are triggered, and we don't know what to do with them. Well, it came to an ultimate head right after I had written my first book. And I went back to Chicago uh, with Moody Publishers, I had uh, I had been writing for a while. I had self-published two books already. This was my first um, big, big publishing contract that I had ever had. I had already signed my second one, and I was going back to meet the team. And I was with another friend of mine who also wrote for them, and we were getting ready to leave our hotel room, and my hands just started to shake. And I had that same, that knot in my stomach, that brick in my chest. And I looked at her and I said, I can't go. 
I cannot go in there. They are going to take one look at me and they are going to say, what were we thinking? Publishing this, this girl, they're going to take out my next contract. They're going to rip it up in front of me. I mean, these were legit what I was thinking in my head and I'm sweating. And my friend turns to me and she goes, oh my gosh, you have imposter syndrome. And I was like, what? What is that? And she's like, Google it. Google it right now. And so I type in imposter syndrome and my face popped up. No, not really. Not really. But it's a bullet list of everything that I was thinking and feeling in that moment was right there before my eyes. And she looked at me and she said, this is nothing but a lie of the enemy. And we are going to squash it right now. You're going to go to Moody Publishers. They're going to love you like I do. Now turn around, tighten the belt on your coat and march, lady. And, uh, and so I went. And same thing, trying to feign confidence, be peppy, you know. And I'm walking through the halls and it's like, I'm looking at all these bookshelves. And it's like all my heroes, right? I've got Tozer. Spurgeon, uh, Pink. And I re also realized in that moment, I only read books written by dead people. But <laughs> I was like, all my heroes uh, that have influenced me so much. And then there is a book with my name on it. And the whole time, I'm just a nervous, anxious wreck. And we got back to the hotel room. And when we went to bed that night, I laid my head on the pillow and I just sensed the Lord saying to me in my heart, you know, I was rejoicing over you today. This was supposed to be a day of celebration in your life. And you let the enemy steal it from you. You let him control your emotions. You let him control your thoughts because you believed his lies and all of the good work that I am doing in your life and I have done in your life, you missed it all. When are you going to let me deal with this in your life? And I realized in that moment, you know what? I did. I let the enemy ruin something that should have been the most exciting, beautiful day of my life. And so I thought, okay, I got to I got to figure out what this imposter syndrome is cuz it's clearly a legit thing. It's on Google. I mean, hello. And so I began to research it. Um but because I'm a Bible study girl and I love the word of God, um I also went to the scriptures. I said, God, show me where I can see an example of this in scripture. What does this look like in your word? And, and how did you deal with your servant who struggled with imposter syndrome in your, in your word? And of course, big shocker here, the way the world told me to deal with imposter syndrome versus the way the word of God told me to deal with imposter syndrome was totally different. Not the same at all. Um, not that the world's way is a bad way to help you overcome a fear of inadequacy. It's just an inadequate way because only the word of God can change us from the inside out. And so I came across Moses, who I 
realized is the greatest self-doubter in the Bible. And he argued with God left and right. And God told Moses three incredibly profound and beautiful things that I took away personally for myself. Moses basically felt like I can't do the assignment that God has for me. I can't do this thing, even though I feel in my heart that this is what God wants me to do. He knew in his heart that he was supposed to be the deliverer of the people. He tried it once on his own. It was an epic failure. And he ran away to Midian and spent 40 years hiding in obscurity until God said, no, 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 your story's not over. We've got some more, we, we've got some more work to do here, Moses. Um, but so many of us wrestle with that on a daily basis, no matter what it is. I mean, if it's a, a difficult marriage and we think I, I can't I can't do this relationship anymore. This is too hard. Um, whether it's a prodigal child and you think I just I can't fight for this child anymore. I've just been fighting for so long and they're not coming back and they're spiraling down further and they're wandering even further away. You know, whether it's a job situation and we think, man, I just I can't do this. It's too hard. It's too big. I, I'm exhausted. I'm weary. I don't have the skill set. I mean, we. it doesn't matter what it is in life. We get to those moments where we're just worn out and we're weary and we're exhausted and it feels entirely too big for us. And that was where Moses was. He was like, man, you know what, God, I tried that once. I tried to deliver the people and they mocked me and Pharaoh tried to kill me and I had to run from my life. And yeah, we're not going to do that again. Uh, and God was like, yeah, actually we are. But this time, instead of trying to do it all by yourself, Moses, in your own strength, I'm actually going to do it through you. And that was what was so beautiful in this exchange is Moses goes to God and he's like, who am I that I should do this? And I think no matter what emotions we battle in life, whatever we're questioning or doubting or wondering with God, that is the best question to go take to our heavenly father and say, God, but who am I? Who am I for this right now? Because when we take that question to God, that's when God can begin to speak truth over the lies that the enemy has been hissing in our ear. And God basically said to Moses, he said, listen, um, I will be with you. I will be with you. And he gave him the promise of his presence. He did not give Moses props about all the reasons why he was the guy for the job. In fact, God didn't give him a single prop at all. He just said, but I'm going to be with you. And that right there is enough. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have all the skills. We don't have to feel like we can do it. We just have to know God is with me. So that was the first thing. He said, I will be with you. And then he goes on. This is all in Exodus 3, 10 through 12. Um, he says, I will be with you. And when you lead the people out, 
And when I got to that verse in my Bible, I just took my pen and I just that word win, because I had to chuckle a little bit because at this point, Moses is still saying to God, I'm not doing it. No, I am not going. And God says, when you lead the people out, I mean, because from God's perspective, it's as good as done because it's God's plan. And I love that because basically what God is giving Moses is the promise of fulfillment. And I love that because he doesn't say to Moses, you know, well, if you're spiritual enough to, you know, discern my voice, um, you know, if you're obedient enough to follow all the directions, right, or if you're clever or wise enough to be able to communicate to these two million people what the plan is. It didn't depend on Moses. All God was asking of Moses is to believe him. And so when I start to spiral out of control, thinking, this is too hard. I can't do this. I don't know. Ah!" I go, but wait, God is with me. Do I believe him? Do I believe him? And even when I don't feel like I believe him, Do I know in my heart and in my head that I do? Because that's the thing that we have to remind ourselves is while our feelings are indicators, they are not dictators. God is our dictator and he can take our feelings and help us unravel them and then sort them all out and smooth them all out and level them all out with his truth. And so God says, I will be with you. And when you lead the people out, so his presence, fulfillment, he says, you will worship me on this mountain or you will serve me on this mountain, depending on which translation you use. And basically, it's really one and the same, because what God is saying to Moses is, listen, when you choose to serve me, When you come along with me on this journey that I have planned for you, Moses, you are going to witness some indescribable wonders that are going to cause you to worship me. And I love that because not only is God promising intimacy with Moses, he's promising to be God to Moses because our God is big and he does big things and he does things beyond what we could think or ask or imagine, right? So when we say, okay, God, I I feel like this is too big. I feel like this is too hard. I feel like I can't do this. God says, I will be with you. And when we get to the other side, When you choose to come with me on this journey, child, I will be God and I will do God-sized things in your life. And so God basically said to Moses, are you going to believe me? And are you going to believe that I am enough? I am big enough as God to finish what I start. And that's all God's asking of me. And that's all God's asking of you is, will you believe me and join me on the journey that I want to take you? You don't have to understand it all. You don't have to feel like you are adequate to do it. 
You don't have to really even wrap your mind around what I'm doing. You just have to say, God, I believe you. And God, I invite you to be God in my life and do God-sized things. And that's what God is asking each of us. And as I studied the scriptures and I studied that interaction between Moses and God, what I realized was I was always feeling like I had to be enough. I had to be the one to do it. I was trying to do it in my own strength. And the more I tried to do it in my own strength, the more I was making God small and me big and allowing the enemy to continue to fill me with self-doubt. And so I just started writing my journey. I just started journaling my time with God and my time in that in the, the word. And God brought to mind that moment way back when I was 17 years old in the booth at Chick-fil-A and, and just really brought to light the fact like, this is something you've allowed the enemy to, to have influence in your life for a long time. But then he gave me just this sweet, sweet moment of imagining what it would be like to not struggle with that anymore. And as I was praying to the Lord, I just had this sweet, uh, you know, in my imagination, just this sweet moment of sliding into the booth at Chick-fil-A and Jesus sliding in across from me and saying, child, let's, let's start with who you really are. You're loved. You're known. You're chosen, you're mine, you're redeemed, you're restored, you're beautiful, and I love you. And as I sat there, he got a little twinkle in his eye and he said, was there something else you wanted to tell me? And I took a deep breath and I said, enough. And he squeezed my hands and he leaned back in the booth and he chuckled and he said, oh, daughter, I'm more than enough. And that makes you enough. And it was just such this beautiful moment of realizing, you know what? Even that first time when I was in the booth in Chick-fil-A, Jesus was right there. But I didn't realize he was. And I didn't believe that he was. But once he brought me realization of, no, I'm with you. And I'm more than enough for whatever you're walking through, whatever you're battling, whatever you're struggling to believe. I'm right here in this bright red booth. And I've got you. And it's just brought so much freedom to my life because I would never have been able to stand on a stage. I never would have been able to write a book. I never would have been able to do the things that I'm doing now if I hadn't had that moment where I just said, Jesus, I, I want to believe you. 
help my unbelief, right? Just like the, the Roman centurion. And so, you know, I, I would imagine, I would imagine there are a lot of people out there listening today, Athena. Um, I know you've gone through this yourself to a degree, right? And we just say, God, I, this is too hard. It's too big. I'm too afraid. I'm too inadequate. I'm, uh, you know, all of the things the enemy wants to do to keep us bound and from moving forward in what God has created us to do and planned for us to do and commissioned us to do and called us to do in the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet we allow the enemy's lies to keep us from walking forward, from sliding into that booth and saying, Jesus is right here and he is more than enough. Oh, my friend. Good, good word. Wow. I mean, that's, you're talking some major redemption and restoration. And that's such a huge thing for really anybody that God's called to glorify him is going to have imposter syndrome. It's just like that's the enemy's strategy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, let's really unpack it. If it's something God is calling us to do, it's going to be bigger than ourselves right? because it's of God. And he is huge and he does huge things. And so, of course, we're going to feel inadequate. I mean, we're not God and we can't do the things God does as frail, foible human beings. And so absolutely, we shouldn't be surprised that whenever God is calling us to do, if there's not a little bit of hard and a little bit of scared in it, then I wonder if God's really called you to it. Because God, God always calls us to things that are beyond us. It's yeah. part of what he was doing with Moses. Like, no, I want to show you my wonders, Moses. I want to show you how big of a God I am. And so, you know, if God just calls us to do little things that are easy that we can just do in our own strength and do them without thinking, you know, it's not, he does, he's not going to call us to ride a bike. He's, he's going to call us to blaze a trail. Yep. Otherwise he's not going to get the glory. If it's easy for us, it's just like, woohoo, oh, look yeah. at me, you know, it. bravo me. Right. No, yeah. God's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Wow. So, so good. And you know, you said something early on about um, when we're worn out and weary, that that's often when that imposter syndrome, those thoughts, those lies are just, you know, mm -hmm. ramped yeah. up because mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the enemy strategy is to wear out the saints. Yeah. If he can wear us out, then we give up. And he knows that about us. Yeah. And so I just love that, you know, God gave you that example of Moses as 
perfect, weary, scared, you know, just even fighting God. No, I'm not going to do this. Not going to do this. Not going to do this. But how God turned that around, redeemed it, restored it. And I just love how he used that in your life to, as such a great illustration from the word. So it's not just, you know, Mr. Google or Pastor Google or whatever, you know, you got it right there yeah. and it's yeah. undeniable. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really interesting about imposter syndrome, and we see this in the word also with Moses's life is how much, you know, the, those insidious hisses of the enemy shout most loudly when we're alone. Because when we saw like when Jethro came to visit Moses and he had this person who uh, believed in him and they had this beautiful uh, relationship with one another, we saw a whole different Moses in that portion of the narrative than we see at the beginning when Moses is all by himself or, uh, you know, later when Aaron and Miriam are, are kind of, you know, trash talking their brother and he's sort of off all by himself. We see a different Moses there. We see even that in the narrative that there's something very powerful about community and that we need to be intentional about asking our brothers and sisters in Christ, remind me, remind me again of the call God has on my life, right? And and we even see that in Acts 13. In fact, you know, it's one of my most favorite portions of scripture because what we see there is we see all of these leaders um, worshiping God together in this moment. And in that moment, we're told that that's when the Holy Spirit came and spoke and commissioned Paul and Barnabas to go on their first missionary journey. It wasn't when Paul was, you know, by himself praying. It was in the midst of the body that the Holy Spirit made the call on Paul and Barnabas's life public and clear. And so that is the way God works. And so what we have to realize is 90% of the time, we're not going to see our own giftedness. We're not going to understand the call that God has on our lives. It's going to be our brothers and sisters saying, hey, I see this in you. No, this is an important message. You need to be sharing this. Um, no, this is an important work and, and God has prepared you for it. And you need to go forward uh, in his strength and follow him in obedience in this. Um, so community becomes a second factor in this that is undeniably powerful in helping us overcome imposter syndrome and just squashing those fears that the enemy wants to taunt us with. I love that. And community that was in unity. Yes. In that situation. Right. I mean, they were one accord. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, my friend, this has been so, so good. So let me ask you this. If we've got some people listening today or watching today and they want to find you and get your book that goes into this whole imposter syndrome and Moses's story, give us the title again. Letting God be enough. Mm. 
love that. Okay. So if we have people who want to find you, connect with you yeah. on social media, whatever, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So you can find me on my website. It's just ericawigginhorn.com. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm the only Erica Wigginhorn out there. So <laughs> if you find an Erica Wigginhorn somewhere, it's me. Uh, I'd yes. love to connect with you. Um, you know, I, there's uh, opportunities on my website to connect. If you want to send me an email, reach out, share a prayer request. We're always honored to be praying for you. Um, but if, you know, if this is a real issue in your life, if you really struggle with this perfectionism and people pleasing and imposter syndrome and just feeling like you're not enough all the time, um, grab letting God be enough because it'll walk you through how God brought healing to Moses. And I will share with you how God brought healing to me, because this is an area of healing. I believe that God wants for all of his daughters and the enemy is just having a heyday with us in this regard. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, my friend, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for those wise words and just God's blessing on your ministry as you just continue to walk out that calling on your life and be obedient. And it's just always a blessing to have you. Thank you. Such a blessing to be here. Amen. Hey, well, thanks for joining me today for Redeemed and Restored. And I look forward to being back on here every week come fall, probably September. And in the meantime, I just want to pray that God would bless you and help you see how big he is and how much he loves you and just see his redemption and restoration in everything. God bless you.